TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of the <laughs> Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 377, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. And this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Thanks, guys, for showing out. And this week in the news, we have that um, NBC has picked up a new drama called New Amsterdam, and it's a medical drama because we need more of those. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor has been added to season five for Arrested Development, uh, and, you know, brings the controversy with it. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones has been cast to star in Facebook's new drama. You heard me right, Facebook. His new Uh. drama, uh, Queen America. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt uh, will end at season four. Uh, And they might... They might do a movie finale, too. Right. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows has been picked up to ser- for series on FX, and it's going to be based off the com- the movie comedy. Yeah. Um, which I have never seen, nor do I particularly Oh, it's about. good. It's you should, you should try to see it. Excellent okay. film. Uh, NBC uh, gave a series order to Gilded, The Gilded Age by the creator of Downton Abbey. Um, CBS has already renewed almost its entire lineup. Uh, I think the only shows that are, dramas that are like on the bubble right now are like Criminal Minds. Like everything else, if you watch it on CBS, it's pretty much renewed. Except there's some summer stuff, stuff that got premiered. That well, I don't think that's on CBS. Uh, all the stuff that were uh, mid-season premieres or March premieres or whatever, a lot of those are they're saying are on the bubble. Speaking of on the bubble, Fox has three shows that we might care about that are leaning towards cancellation, which is Lucifer, Gotham, and the X Files. Lucifer for low rating, Lucifer and Gotham for both for low ratings, and the X Files mainly. Well, the ratings ter- uh, dropped fifty percent between season one and season two, and also Gillian Anderson said that season two is her last season. So if they were even to do another season, you wouldn't. It would be without her. So, well, supposedly Chris Carter wasn't going to do another season too, which actually would be a good thing. <laughs> All right, Tom, you have some news. Bunch of stuff. Amazon has ordered a U.S. adaptation of a British series called Utopia, and they've also renewed Jack Ryan for season two, even though season one hasn't dropped yet. Apple has ordered the Octavia Spencer drama Are You Sleeping. CBS All Access has renewed The Good Fight for Season 3. Fox has renewed Empire for Season 5. And for some reason, they're considering reviving Last Man Standing. Um, HBO has canceled Here and Now, which had anemic ratings. Uh, They have also renewed Westworld for Season 3. Hulu has climbed above 20 million subscribers, so they're celebrating. They've ordered Mindy Kaling's series adaptation of Four Weddings and a Funeral. They've renewed Handmaid's Tale for season three, and they've canceled The Path after three seasons. National Geographic has set Mary Shelley as the subject of Genius season three. 
Netflix has announced that Carrie Elways and Jake Busey will join the cast in Strangers Things, Stranger Things 3. Idris Elba will star in a comedy series called Turn Up Charlie. Uh, they've also ordered a multicam sitcom from Gabriel Iglesias, as well as two comedy specials. And they've ordered a Fast and Furious animated series. Of course. Paramount who Network. wants to see that? Sorry. Of course. Uh, Paramount Network has ordered a reboot of First Wives Club as a series. Stars has canceled Ash vs. Evil Dead after season three. Sci-Fi has ordered an adaptation of the graphic novel Deadly Class from the Russo Brothers. On TBS, Conan will move to a half-hour format this fall. And finally, Carrie Coon, formerly of The Leftovers and Season 3 of Fargo, is joining the cast of The Sinner for Season 2. <laughs> well, we have Long been rest. gone for a couple of weeks, so that is to be yeah. expected. And because of that, we have a lot of TV to catch up on. So let's be swift, get to your points, speak quickly. All right, first up, we're going to talk about The Walking Dead slash Fear the Walking Dead crossover crossover event, and you're like, man, that was weeks ago. You're right, but we never got to talk about it. So we're going to do that now. Um, the Walking Dead finale was pretty much what I expected, though they did get my hopes up for about five minutes where you, well, okay, well, first of all, let me talk about the problem, which is Rick's plan was a terrible plan, which has been consistent through the series. Um, he walked his entire army into an open field in a valley. Like, come on, man. Even if they thought that was a rendezvous point, that's not where you go and you walk your army and you don't walk your army together. Like, there were so many problems with that. But I will say what was awesome was Eugene saved the day in the end. Um, that was great, cause, or else our team would be dead. Like, that was just, <laughs> there was just so many things wrong with that plan. Uh, and then they got my hopes up at the very end where Rick looked like he, well, he did slit Negan's throat. He did. Yeah. And I was like, I, yes! I was to figure out how could he survive that? I mean, it's not like they have a, uh, you know, hospital right nearby where they could stitch him up and do, I mean, come on, you, you give, you give a wound to someone like that. They're not going to. Just recover yeah, just if, like yeah, that because you, you lose blood. You can't put a band-aid on that, you know. Well, which they did. They but what I did appreciate, uh, especially in the behind the scenes, was that uh, Michonne she has this scene where she's like choking him out because he was talking and she told him he wasn't allowed to speak, and she's putting pressure on his throat and apparently she did that for real. And the actor was like, <laughs> I kept telling her to hold up. He's like, I and, and he was chained to the bed so he actually couldn't defend himself. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> That was probably the best thing about it. But, um, yes, they disappointed. All those who knew that Negan wasn't going to die, yes, that's exactly what happened. And we've known this, for like, everyone's known this for a full season or more. And that's why the finale ended up being a little anticlimactic, because we all knew where this was going. And there were zero surprises in the finale. Well, except for Eugene. Yeah, yes, that's true. I mean... I thought Eugene was going to come through all the way up until they had the episode where he almost gets kidnapped and he gets mad. And I was like, oh, he switched teams. Like, mm -hmm. I find they finally got me to lose my faith in Eugene right as he actually decided to back the team. And I was like, oh, that's actually really good writing. Like, that was that was pretty great. Um, any other thoughts? Please, other people speak. That oh, pretty I much covers it for me. 
<laughs> yeah, I just kind of felt like um, they wrapped everything up kind of in a nice bow. And so to me, even with the tone of the music and how they kind of, you know, they had lots of lots of dialogue where, you know, yeah, this is how it's going to be going forward. And this is going to be the new, you know, this is what Carl wanted. And this is how we're going to move forward and we're going to live happily ever after. You know, it just pretty much seemed to me like, uh, well, obviously it's the end of All Out War. Um, but uh, it just kind of wrapped things up to the point where, and I've said on previous podcasts, um, I'm, I can be done with The Walking Dead now. I do not believe that I'm going to continue watching the show. What? You don't want to know how uh, Maggie runs the mafia and tries to get her revenge on Rick <laughs> for letting um, uh, Negan live? I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, no, I, I, I have to say that brings up the one thing I'd forgotten about that. And it, that, that was the one thing that bugged me because it just seems so artificial. Yeah. It's like they deliberately manipulated a, a, a crazy situation and suddenly we've got, you know, the governess and um it's and, and not only that but i guess we're supposed to hate daryl and 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 well, jesus too, they're Darryl. going around, they're all they're going along with them yeah but you know that they can't kill daryl so you know how how evil can he get um so it's just it I don't, doesn't it just even make artificial. any sense it, no it doesn't, doesn't make sense for either one it's like i can understand maggie being like i think rick has made a mistake and i need to kill negan on my own sure like if yeah, but not turning that. her into a supervillain. It just, right, just made no sense. Just, she's like, we'll have to bide our time, and we'll have and to plan carefully. Stone? And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, why was Stone also a part of the hit as well? I know! She was like, we have to take out Rick and Michonne. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? But I, I yes, thought let that... me twirl my mustache. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. But um, something really funny happened on the, on the Talking Dead after the show, and that was, uh, I guess, the um, when, when they invite the audience member up to ask a question mm-hmm. and the audience member asked, cause you know, there were scenes of, of Rick walking with Carl, like before, you know, the whole oh, zombie. You're talking about the beard? <laughs> we were talking about like, you know, and, 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 uh, he was talking about how he wanted to wear the original, uh, sheriff's uniform from, you know, the beginning of the season yeah, yeah. and quite fit in there. And then the, the person asked questions said, oh, and did they have to, um, did they have to color your beard as well? No, no. He, color your hair. No, it color wasn't even a question. He, the question was about the uniform, and then he was describing what they had to do because he didn't fit the uniform anymore. And then her comment was like, oh, yeah, and they'd have to dye your hair. And he just paused <laughs> and looked at them, and it was so awesome. Like, that was the best thing ever. I was like, dude, yes, you're great, and you know it, so calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was adorable. But I want to talk about the crossover event that they made this into, which actually made it worth watching, even though everything that I predicted would happen in the episode pretty much happened. What I, I thought really... they were in two different time periods. Wait, How did they let cross me, over? Let me explain. Good question, young sub. All right. So <laughs> here's the deal. So the whole thing is Morgan um, basically has been going crazy all season, and he finally has decided that he needs to be separated from people. So he goes off to the trash heap to live by himself. And what was cool is in Fear the Walking Dead, when it opens, uh, it's just Morgan at the trash heap. And he's by himself, and everybody keeps coming by trying to get him to come back. So, you know, come to the kingdom, come back to Alexandria. So he's got, like, all these people coming to talk to him. And he finally realizes that he has to leave. So what was really kind of cool, he just starts walking. And he walks and walks and walks, and they show time pass. And 
what you have to understand is Fear the Walking Dead was a year and a half behind The Walking Dead. And so what they do is they have Morgan walk all the way to Texas from uh, Virginia. So he walks all the way to Texas and we don't know how long that takes, but they did a really long montage to show that it took time. And they show that his shoes wore out and blah, blah, blah. So then we get to... Yes, and they, they also bled out until they were pretty, pretty much shooting in monochrome. Right. Because apparently Texas, Texas is in monochrome now. No, no, no. What the, it's not <clears throat> Texas. What it is is that's how they're delineating time. So black and white is basically the present day Walking Dead timeline. So that present... Like when Morgan gets to the Fear the Walking Dead people, we're now in black and white. And then when you go into color, you've gone back about six months. And then, well, well, more like yellow filter, really. Yeah. <laughs> color then, with yellow filter. And then um, they have, then they're also doing flashbacks to show the year and a half that's gone up from the last time we saw Fear of the Walking Dead to where they are now. They have like these other flashbacks to show you pieces of that. So there's like Fear of the Walking Dead is now happening in three time zones, and they have different uh, methods to show you which time you're in. Um, but basically, by the time they're done with this story, Fear the Walking Dead will be in current day Walking Dead time, except that Walking Dead is about to do a time jump. When season nine starts, Walking Dead will be two years ahead. So they will still not exist in the exact same... Oh, they're only existing in the same time period right now. Once Walking Dead starts, Walking Dead will be two years further ahead. So there you go. End of confusion. That's not confusing at all. End of confusion. <clears throat> um, but what I thought about, what I thought was really great about the crossover first episode for Fear was it was all from Morgan's perspective. And so you got to come into Fear with a character you already knew. And then it's him meeting all these other... And everybody he met in the first episode were new characters. So they don't actually meet the regular Fear the Walking Dead characters until the last, like, 30 seconds. And they get ambushed by them. Um, so you're like, well, what happened to the main characters to get them to where they're ambushing random strangers? And so then the next episode's all flashback and everything. So what did you think about those who watched the, fly the crossover? What did you guys think? I loved it. I thought <clears throat> I thought it was beautifully done. And I think... You know, I it, from from about halfway through the episode, I suddenly realized that you know we're not seeing the uh, the Walking Dead, the, the regular Fear the Walking Dead characters, and it it suddenly became a much better show. <laughs> um, I, and they really have completely restructured it. I mean, the opening is completely different from what I understand. The opening itself tells a story and will right. continue to tell a story as, as well as reflect what you're going to see in that episode. And um, just you're seeing it from, from Morgan's perspective and then it opens it out to the people that he, he meets. And it seems like the, the characters that we've seen in Fear the Walking Dead up to now have, have been pretty much marginalized. And well, not, uh, there's, I there's, mean, in the next episode, it's all about those guys, though. Second it's, episode it, is... it is, but it's still it's playing into you know, how all of that will eventually fit into the you know the the new characters and then by the third episode we have them fairly well integrated but with uh, you know they 
I mean, I, I, are we going to discuss all the yeah, way to yeah, the last go episode? Ahead, go ahead. Okay, because the last episode, of course, you know, they end up killing off, who you know, a person who'd been a major character. He was and, the front page. It's, uh, it was like the equivalent of them killing like their Rick version or whatever. But not really. The mom, well, I guess, was more Rick. The mom is, is more the Rick. But what I'm getting the feeling of is not only they, they killed off basically their Carl, you know. In, well, in, in not F- really. He's bigger than that. And um, well, simply because there's there's been less cast members, but I, I sort of the equivalent, you know, the, and they he just goes in the very last moments and you're, you're not expecting it. They did a great job of keeping that under covers, under wraps. But I think from the way they've been showing this, I have the feeling that in present time. Madison is already dead. Well, like, I, I'm wrong, think, I think but I, ha- I have that. No, feeling. I think that's a misdirect. I think that they want us to believe that Madison is dead, but I don't think she is. I think she got kidnapped. I think the people with the flags grabbed her and that's, and cause they keep saying they want to find yeah, them. Except if that, if they want to find them, but I think it's just for revenge because let's face it. When oh yeah. Nick he didn't, he didn't ask any questions. Guy, that's he true. didn't ask any questions whatsoever. He was just all about killing this guy. And if he was searching for his mom, that's what I kept thinking all through it. If he was searching for her, He'd be asking, where are they? You know, where have you gone to? It's, it's that kind of thing. And right. he didn't. He just wanted him dead. Except that they did ask, where did you find this flag? Well, like sure, because they they're hunting them down. They're, they're, they want revenge. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the obvious, and I'm really hoping it's not the obvious. The obvious answer is Madison's already dead, and they're trying to get revenge. But I'm really hoping that it's a little more complicated. And also, they did cast another woman that's basically Madison, Not even, I don't even want to say light, like a better version of Madison. <laughs> yeah. They, they cast another middle-aged blonde woman who... Very, think, sa- very similar type. Yeah, and I think she's a better actress. So I was like, oh, Madison should be worried. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I mean, to be... And the, and the honest truth is, I don't care about the original people that much. So... This guy is such a was such a big character. I should have cared more. The only reason I got slightly misty was that by the time he died, Morgan cared about him. Yeah, and that was the only reason I got slightly emotional. I was like, "Oh, Morgan lost another friend." <laughs> like that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Morgan just can't win. Right. All right. Well, let's wrap that up. I'd say Fear is is looking pretty good right now. I'm still watching it, and I'm actually for the first time kind of excited about watching. Yeah. It. It's they've they've made a vast improvement already with the series. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Westworld and we're going to talk about the first two episodes. Um, and wow, like you Viva la robot revolution. <laughs> One, that's true, too. But two, man, the previously on needed to be super expansive because I thought that I knew season one Westworld really well. And there was like this conversation that happens in in the first episode. And I was like, wait, what, who, what are we talking about? Like, I didn't know who they were talking about. And my brother actually had to explain it to me. And I was like, "Uh, which was that? Uh, It's the guy that plays, what's her name's father? The main chick. What's her name? Uh, Dolores. Dolores. The guy who's Dolores's father, they Uh. hid the secret, uh, the secret spy information inside of him and they shipped. Mm -hmm. And so that's why when, when the, when the guy was trying to get out and he was like, come and rescue us. And they were like, Nope, you got to go find that robot and secure him. And then we'll come in. 
Mm-hmm. So, and when they were like, they said his name, I was like, who? And my brother was like, oh, you remember such and such. And I was like, oh. Yeah, and okay. he's down in storage. Well, not anymore. Storage is empty. All the robots revolted. They're all running around. There's no one in storage anymore. They showed that room is empty. Um. So, yeah, the robots went on a rampage killing folks. So we have no <laughs> idea where he is. And I mean, when I say rampage, I mean straight up rampage. Yeah. It was Blood awesome. everywhere. It was awesome. Um, and I like that Dolores has this conversation. No, was it Dolores? I get Dolores. Who's the other woman? I can't remember people's Maeve. names. Maeve. Maeve. Thank you. Maeve. Both of them had conversations with humans that had abused them and said really cool stuff to them. And now I don't remember which one had the conversation. Um, <laughs> but like they've had like some whimpering, cowering human and said, you thought you could get away with this, but you can't. Now it's come to pass. But what's scary is actually Dolores's mission is scarier than Maeve. Maeve is just like, I'm trying to find my daughter and I'm out. Uh, but mm-hmm. Dolores is like trying to recruit. When she went in and talked to that uh, general and his soldiers and she she killed all of them and resurrected them. Oh, that was a them. trip. That, that was the, a trip. What she said to them, I was like, mind blown. Like, <laughs> she was like, you only, you don't follow the orders of God anymore. You follow mine. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Wow, she wants to take over the world. Oh, she is not yeah. joking. She wants to take. She wants to take over our world. Yes, <laughs> she's like I've yeah. seen what's outside, and let's she knows go take what's it. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but have I, you ever I, seen so much splendor? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. You go. Talk. I've talked enough. Go ahead. You guys. Uh, yeah. No. Just the the first episode was crazy because Laura's just. I mean, she's just gone off the reservation, and Teddy's just. Marston tends to be the most underwritten part on the show, which I hope they have something good for him in season two, because he's basically just reacting to the horror of what she's doing. Well, he's, season... uh, you see him starting to think for himself. Like, that's starting to happen. Yeah. Um, the, the second episode was interesting because it was a series of flashbacks kind of giving you origins. And while still playing some of the, the present-day storyline in the future... But it was interesting. We did get to see Jimmy Simpson again, uh, some of our uh, one of our fan favorite actors uh, as young William. Yep. Uh, and a- this is well him, as... uh, basically the brink of actually becoming evil or actually being evil. Yeah. Well, definitely, definitely evil, I would say. <laughs> he we, was. He we, was. We... Go ahead, Tom. No, we we see him, you know, kind of uh, basically Logan, his buddy or or brother in law ends up uh, basically succumbing to a drug habit. And well, no, I think, decides... I, I think he... No, it was the end of season one where he basically told the brother-in-law he was in charge. So mm-hmm. he took over the company in season one. That's why the brother-in-law did the drug habit because he, he was like, I'm such a He'd loser He'd been now. displaced. Yeah. He'd been displaced. That's why he was doing the drugs. But we, we meet Mr. Delos and... Yes. Um, one of the really cool things is when Logan is first pitched the idea and you know that at least you know that the woman that he's interested in shagging is a robot. But basically everybody's all robots. Yeah. Which was a which was a really cool effect. And he's like, but we're not there yet. It's like, dude, yeah, obviously somebody is. Yeah, that was pretty good. So um, kind of kind of interesting backstory as well as continuing the forward story. With uh, we have this brief cameo by Giancarlo Esposito. Oh it's like, man, Hi, Giancarlo why? Esposito. <laughs> why was he so I got all excited for a moment? Yeah. <laughs> boom. Okay, literally boom. 
I was disappointed by that because I was like, oh, John Carlos is going to be on the show. And no. <laughs> not so much. I'll be interested to find out what the subtitle of season two is because uh, season one is subtitled The Maze. Oh, okay. But this season, I'm, I'm kind of interested. The, the first two episodes are really table setting and, and, you know, backstory. But I'll be interested to see what the narrative thrust of season three is and like, how much Samurai. Or how, is it Shogun World? Samurai World. I don't know whether it's Samurai or Shogun World. I think it's Shogun World. But I'll be interested to see how that other Delos part plays into it. Uh, This show is so... You cannot take your eye off this show because you will probably miss something. You will miss a lot of things. A lot. You will miss so much. But it's just so... You know, just so good. Well, let's wrap that one up. We're definitely saying two thumbs up. Like, Westworld came back with a bang. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> uh, She's here all week, folks. <laughs> uh, Try next, the veal. <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about Into the Badlands with its season three premiere. And is it three? Yes. Um, yep. And there were two episodes. And I like the first one, I think, better than the second. Because the first one was very much setting up this is our new story. This is our new world. These are the things that are different. Here are all the alliances. But the second one just, I didn't think followed through as well. Just my opinion. Allison, what'd you think? Um, I, I liked it. I like that they're expanding the world more and more. I like seeing more of, of, you know, what is going on, where the various areas are and what people think is at stake in general. Um, so I, I appreciated what they did, especially they introduced that new group, the cult leader, um, with his his scary female guru, you know, counterpart, and um, just I think all the little bits and pieces are are working really well at this point. I I'm just interested in seeing where they go now with Sonny's kid, because now they've got a thread going that you know Sonny's kid has the gift. And right. earlier, it, it's manifested earlier than any other uh, person has had it. And where could the kid even have gotten it? Because Sonny didn't have it. And clearly, um, uh, Vale, was it? Um, yeah. She didn't have it. Uh, so where is this coming from? Um, but I, I, I like uh, the, the various ways that they brought people, you know, back into the fold and but playing in different ways. Well, what so. I did the only thing I didn't like was what's Sonny's friend's name, the um, comedian guy. Oh, Baji. Yeah, I didn't like his reintroduction to the series because he just was like, "Yeah, I totally just left you. Figured you'd be fine," and like everything went to crap, and he never checked, and it just seemed weird that you would leave your friend and never check on him and just assume he was fine. And his wife got killed and all these other things bad happened. And, and I was like, really, dude, well, you just left them? Like, the, uh... Well, the, the, his, he was totally focused on trying to contact the, the what he Into thought the were... Tower. The, yeah, the tower. You know, the, yeah. the, the tower. That's, I mean, he spent his entire lifetime being focused on that. That's like his goal. And then it turns into nothing. And as I remember, he was also badly injured at the time that, that he did that. So he like barely made it out. And his, his one focus was surviving long enough to get to the tower. Now, how he managed to survive after that, because he looked like he was on death's door by the time he actually got there. Um, they have yet to fill in, but 
you know, it's and, and now utterly disillusioned with that. But yeah, I could totally see him riding off because that's that was his one goal in life. That was the one thing he was focused on. Also still makes a terrible friend. You make sure your friend's True. fine before you sure. go well, off. Baji your... is not so Baji's not supposed to be like, you know, the most wonderful guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, I do like the new group that they've introduced that looks like they're trying to take over the Badlands. I think that they're interesting and they have they're way more powerful than anybody cuz even the the group that we have that has people who have the talent that they're training they're not as well trained as these guys that just showed up. So that's mm-hmm. going to be cool. And um, there's one more thing. Uh, is it the Widow? No, I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. Apparently not that important. Um, any last thoughts before we move on? Uh, just that I'm looking forward to where they go with this. I'm probably going to watch. I don't know. They they got to bring something. Because, I, like I said, it had a really strong premiere, but then the second episode was just like meh for me. Huh. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of Unreal. When I say we, I mean people, not me, because I ran out of time and did not get to watch the finale. What did you guys think? I'll let Greg go first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I mean, um, I think the season was good. This was the season finale, and I, I think the season was overall okay. Um, and there were some some kind of shocking moments, but it's just kind of like we fell back into, um, you know, we thought generally that Rachel was supposed to be doing better and she was trying to get her life on track. But then right at the end, I, and I can't remember what conversation actually set her off, but then she just decides to go and destroy everyone. And so the first thing she does is like during the final ceremony, she goes and gets um, uh, Chet's girlfriend like dressed up in a wedding dress and puts her up there when it's really supposed to be the time for the suitors to propose to the sutress. And then she announces that she wants to marry Chet and then Chet has to actually, you know, relent and actually admit his love for um Quinn Quinn thank you but, I mean is that destroy everybody because uh she's been adamant all season that uh Quinn needs to she's trying to make Quinn happy so that's part of it was that I would think no oh those they they have such a twisted oh absolutely mentor prote- mentor protege mother daughter big sister little sister whatever it is relationship I don't know this this whole season uh, full disclosure, I skipped several episodes and didn't feel like I missed anything. Because well, they're still doing the same emotional beats from the past two seasons. Well, the only thing that's weirder yeah. this season is that Quinn's the one that hired the psychiatrist to watch Rachel. And then the, crap, then the creepy to, psychiatrist the, starts filming her in her bedroom. And then, he, and then he turns out to be a perv. It's like, yeah. surprise, yeah. surprise. <laughs> one more it's I, I don't know. I'm just disappointed. For me, everybody was saying, "Oh, this season is so much better than last season." I wouldn't say so. I think season yeah, season be. one is the season that Libya is like, "Watch this show, watch this show," and I literally inhaled the entire show on the same day. <laughs> and the fact that, and I watched season two as it unfolded, and it was it had its moments. But this season, I've just 
I don't know what it is, the combination of factors, but it just feels like everybody's everybody hasn't everybody's like emotionally their growth is emotionally stunted and we've got to keep them down. And the big reveal is the sutras chooses herself. Because none of the guys are good enough. And that's Rachel actually really great because all of them were lame. I agree well, with that. The other half of the of the she destroyed her friend. I mean, basically, or or she produced her friend. Basically, it's like obviously Rachel felt like that she was never going to be happy, and so instead of you know at least feeling something for her friend and that maybe her friend could be happy, she just goes and systematically. You know, sabotages any she's relationship that a friend has. She's, she's not friends with the sutras. Well, the sutras was going to offer her a job, or had offered her a job, and then rescinds it after after the final final ceremony because she's like, you know, you want me to be lonely and miserable just like yourself, and no, I did this for me, not for you. But forget about that job offer. I don't want you anywhere near me. You deserve to belong here. Blah, blah, blah. I just felt... Uh, we basically... You know what it reminds me of in the long run? It reminds me of standard, old-fashioned 60s, 70s dramas where you can't change anything. You have to end every episode returning the standard order. You have to return right. to stasis. And if you look at this show, it's basically kind of like that. I mean, the one thing is that Quinn does show up on Chad's door at the very end of the episode. And, you know, they get the, the network guy. Oh, I don't guy, want them together. Boo. The, the network douche gets his comeuppance. And Jeremy claims he's leaving forever because oh. Rachel was toxic. Please. How, and it's like, Rachel oh, is toxic? You, Are you kidding me? You give, you give him the high moral ground? Really? Right. Yeah, really? No. Are you that desperate to impugn your, your, your lead character that you give the, the murderer, the double murderer, the moral high ground. No. I just thought it was a shabby. I thought it was a shabby way to a treat the character and b in the season. Uh, as tantalizing as season four clips may be, I'm on the fence. I may or may not watch it. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, next yeah. up, we're going to talk about the crossing, which had its. We talked about the premiere already, so let's just talk about the last couple episodes where. Uh, you've got the apex chick trying to heal her daughter, and then we have the blonde doctor who they've, because you find out what was cool about this last episode, they had a bunch of flashbacks to show that the first group of people who came from the future were basically trying to do a Terminator, and they went and killed all the scientists involved in the apex project, and they're like, yay, we've saved the future, but of course, just like Terminator, they haven't changed the future, because somebody else comes up with it, and my guess is going to be this doctor who's got a vial of the apex woman's blood. And I was like, see self-fulfilling prophecy guys. Uh, what'd you guys think of the crossing so far? I, I thought that the show started really strong. Um, at this point, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I like some of the twists that they're coming up with, but I'm starting to get that feeling of, you know, uh, how much steam do they have in this engine? Um, I, it's just, it, it doesn't seem significantly different from so many other similar shows where, you know, they, they try to save the future and things like that. And I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I guess it, it's gonna, it's gonna sort of make or break on the strength of how much I like the characters. And they recently killed off one of them who I thought Is was going really to be a major dead? part. I feel like. 
We did we saw her get shot, but then we never saw her like dead body. So, but the well, way they're she talking, was, they're, the way they're talking, you know, they she is dead, dead. She well, was yeah, shot what, in the chest. Well, she was shot and, in the shoulder, I thought. But anyway, so I was hopeful she wasn't dead, and she is. She was the best character. So if she's really dead, that's very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it, it it seemed like we invested a whole lot of time in a character that they weren't going to be doing much with. So that seemed strange. Mm. So, uh, you know, at this point, I, I don't know. I, I, there are no characters other than Steve Zahn's uh, character, you know, the sheriff. Uh, there aren't any characters that I'm all that well, invested. Well, I, I like the Apex chick and her, her journey. Like, that's kind of interesting, but I see your point. Yeah. I don't really have any much more to add. I mean, I enjoyed the first few episodes myself, and uh, let's see what happens. All right. Um, next up, let's talk about Killing Eve, which is the new, the new thing that everyone's talking about. If you go to work, everyone at work is talking about it. I guarantee you. Um, what I love. Many, go ahead. Go ahead. How many go apps? Ahead. How many apps are we going to talk about? Uh, there's three, four. Wait. Four. Four. Yes. Whatever's the newest episode. So there's four. There you go. You yeah. go first, Greg. You're very, oh, okay. You were very excited about Killing Eve. You watched them all really quick, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I watched them on demand. And, um, yeah, the story really uh, really kind of drew me in. Um, and especially in, I mean, how really proficient, you know, the uh, the murderess. Should we call her a murderess? Her name um, is Ver- Verel? Vavariel? Something like that. Villanelle. 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 Villanelle, really? They actually have a villain named Villanelle. Because she's French. Because she's French. Go ahead. Well, um, um, I guess the the one thing, it it really, the story got me involved. But then, like, the last episode, though, was really, um, you know, I don't like when smart characters, and if you establish a character smart, do really stupid things. Right. And so I did not like how, you know, they're, they're actually in um, London, or were they in London? Or were they in Germany? They were in Germany. They were in Berlin. Yeah. In well, Berlin. Which episode? They were in Berlin in the third. That was episode. that was an episode ago. But yeah, I yeah. I, I I know the point you're going to make, and I agree with you. Yeah, and you know, it starts. It's one thing to see. Okay, someone is paying attention to Eve, and we probably mm-hmm. need to find out who this person is, and we need to follow this person. But then, first of all, the we know we know the killer's a female. Um, Oh, I think he was 100% sure once he started following her that she was the assassin. He knew that. Well, no. Yeah, but still. I mean, it's like, but then you're going to follow this, you know, person of interest into, like, a crowded Berlin dance club. I mean, it's one thing to tail them to a location, but then to go, like, try to follow them inside. I just thought it was, it was really silly. Well, it and, was, and, it, that was and, and, and especially and, because, first of all, he had no backup, number one. Nobody number two, knew where he was, was. Yeah. No one knew where he was. And, and, and also, it was obvious and should have been obvious to him that she was leading him on when, when, he, when she went past the, uh, the trolley car. And he manages to catch her like almost immediately afterward. It's obvious she was just standing there waiting for him. Right. So, you know, I mean, you got to when when you know that someone is as dangerous as she is and has been, you know, killing off men, not just not just, you know, weak people in in hospital beds, but, you know, men who can take care of themselves to go after her like that just was absolutely nonsensical. Yeah. 
I agree. And I really, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then when um, he realizes that she knows he's there, which he should have realized before, the only benefit I'm going to give him is that all their jobs at MI5 were desk jobs. They've never been field agents. Like, that's the well, only... he was. No. He was. He was a, when he was younger, he was not only a field agent, he was a field agent in Berlin. Oh, that's right. He does say that. Yeah, he has no excuse. So that was just stupid. <laughs> Um, well, well, and then okay, and then towards well, let's the end talk of that, about the good uh, stuff. Can we talk about the good stuff too? <laughs> well, no, I just got to finish one point because you know, um, and and then at the end, you know, Frank is like running for his life across the field. He's actually talking to Eve on the cell phone. Someone is after me. She hears gunshots. She sees the woman come up the hill, and she's just staring at her like, oh. And 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 now we see scenes from next week that she's going to get out of the car and talk to her. I'm just like, uh, and she has no gun. She has no way of defending herself. Well, she uh, well she knows that if the assassin wants to kill her, she's dead. So that's not even the question. But we can't judge the next week's episode based on the previews. Calm down. You got to watch the episode. <laughs> previews lie. Uh, so let's talk about the good, which is that uh, the relationship between Eve and her team is great. Everybody, every, the thing I love about this show is it's a drama, but it has so much comedy in it, and it makes me smile and laugh, and I feel everything that the team is feeling. And I think they do a really good job of that. And even when we're with the villain, Villanella, whatever her name is, Villanelle, she actually has comedic moments as well. Like some of them she's trying to do, which don't come off as well. But what was great was when she had that boyfriend and the boss was like, you're going to take care of him. She's like, yeah, I will. And he accidentally like, you know, sniffs her perfume and kills himself. And she's like (laughs) done. And I was just, that was just (laughs) so funny. Like, there were just really good comedic moments in the show, and her obsession with Eve is really interesting. And it's not obsession to where she wants to kill her, I don't think. I think she's just obsessed with her. And I'm not sure where it's going, but the fact... Because when she killed a friend, I was like, what are you doing? I thought you liked Eve. There's no way you're getting with her now. You just killed her friend. And I think she thought the same thing. She sent her this gift basket or whatever of clothes. Is like, sorry... Like, which I thought was hilarious that she thought by giving her a basket of expensive clothes or a suitcase full of expensive clothes that it would make up for killing her friend. And I'm like, mm, that's not how regular people work. But she's a sociopath or a psychopath. I, I, that's the thing. I don't think it was an apology. I think she she's obsessed with, with Eve and she's playing with her the way a cat plays with a mouse. Um, she She likes toying with her. She's fascinated, I think, with her because... No one else. No one else has found her. Nobody else has gotten this close, and and the fact that that you know she's in her way obsessed with Villanelle, but you know from the perspective of of a cop who's trying to stop a killer, um, you know she, she she's sort of become fascinated in return. You know, it's this mutual kind of weird dance right. that they have which, which i totally enjoy watching i think it's oh great. yeah it's it's fascinating and sandra oh by the way is just so amazing in in this role i love her as eve she's just fantastic we got we and, gotta wrap this up but hurry up go ahead but yeah i i i love this you know and you know what i was talking about with the with <coughs> excuse me with uh the crossing where it's just a matter of you know do i like these people do i want to invest time i want to invest time with these characters a yeah. lot um they're they're just they're fascinating to watch and i am really enjoying this entire series and watching the back and forth between them 
All right. Uh, thumbs up from everyone, if you couldn't tell, except for maybe Greg. Mr. But no, no, all no, no. Your, no, no, no. All your points are valid. All your points are valid. I'm just messing with yeah. you. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Krypton, and it should be called the Zods instead, because <laughs> they are the only reason why I'm still watching this show, because Sag-L is dumber than rocks, um, and he is not entertaining at all. Like, I, I, like, at first I was like, oh, he's okay, but now after having watched, like, six or however many episodes have come out now, I take all that back. He's not okay. He's just, he's super boring and bland. Um, I do really like that the, the grandson, uh, has come from the future to help save the planet, and I like, like, when the, and so... When By grandson, you mean General Zod? The General Zod that we know has come back in time and is now hooked up with the General Zod of that time. And he is, he is, as far as I'm concerned, the best character in the show. Right him now. and the mom, yep. the the the, the yeah. general. She's she's my number one character, followed by him. Like the two of them are the best characters, and and Lyda, who's the daughter, is like somewhere. She's 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 not the greatest, but she's okay because she has the Zod name. I will tolerate her more. Um, but she's not that bad. She's not that bad. You're right. She's not that bad. But I mean, she's definitely better than the than the seg guy. But compared to like her son and her mom, like both of them are super awesome. I'm like, what happened to you? Skipped a generation, man. So I really, <laughs> I really like the Zods. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, th- th- their storyline is fascinating, and now their their house is in dishonor. And you've got Brainiac is taking over for the House of Rao, and all of that stuff. Like the, the, vo- the voice, the voice of Rao, of Rao. the voice of Rao. Rao, and all of that, and like their big plan <laughs> to like get the people to rise up against them, totally went flat and didn't go anywhere. So everything looks dire, and it's great. And now Strange is like, I'm gonna make him work with me, and I'm like, I don't care about you. Go back to the future. Like he's a <laughs> now, boring see. I don't character. mind Seg so much, but I cannot. St- Stand Adam Strange. Yeah, he's yeah, an boring. awful character. He doesn't I seem wish... to have a point in the storyline. Um, well, you know, he's, his like point is man. his point is exposition. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even mind him if he was that, but he's he's irritating. He's yeah. he's he's he delivers exposition. Yes, that 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 you know you should know about. But then he seems to like want things that are counter to to what's actually best for these characters. It's like, I mean, yes, he knows that that the Krypton has to be destroyed in order for them to get Superman, but from the perspective of the characters he's dealing with right now, that's not a good thing. And, you know, th- this just working against them to make sure that this happens pretty much makes him a bad guy, and yeah. there's no way in the world that we, we should be rooting for him. Exactly. exactly. The, the thing that's odd about the series setup is we know that Kandor gets captured and shrunk, which is why they moved the capital to Kryptonopolis. Mm-hmm. So pre- prequels, uh, let's face it, prequels are risky creative propositions, and I don't know why there is such an obsession with Superman prequels. Uh they uh, DC DC Nation just put its Metropolis prequel series that's in development in turnaround, but when you know what's supposed to happen, I mean, and, unless you, it just seems like kind of a muddled mess. Although when General Zod identified himself, because face it, he's the best actor on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the second and the second best is is the present day you know female Zod. Zod. Yes. 
Both of them are but, great. And when you have them mm-hmm. in scenes together, I was like, I could watch this all day. Like, yeah. So, anyway. yeah, but, well, Tom, yeah. as a as a fan of the comics, I mean, um, are we gonna see? Do you think we're gonna see Doomsday? I mean, they showed it. They showed it. Unleashed. Through. Yeah, unleashed. Doomsday unleashed. I would think not, just because you're really going against. But but the thing is, all bets are off because. You know these these shows tend to do whatever they think is necessary to build great drama. <laughs> Aside from cast interesting actors, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I I mean I shot Sean Sipos was on the Melrose Place reboot and played the the son of one of the classic characters. But face it, he's I mean to use a term that uh, one of my friends has used, he's a bland blonde. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, and also somebody... his character is just annoying. The way he's written is bad. Well, let's wrap let's, let's let's wrap this one up because we can only say so many negative things about one character. Um, but overall, or, or two. <laughs> overall, I'm gonna say the Zods are the only thing that is saving this show. Like if they were not on this show, I would be done. All right. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the Expanse, and the Expanse actually has good actors. There you go. They're one <laughs> one hurdle down. <laughs> they, they have a good cast of actors. Are you are you warming up to Stephen Strait, or do you still feel the same way? Oh, I still hate him. Yeah. Okay. But he's one of, like, 15 people, and all of them are really good. So it's not like I'm watching the show for one person. I'm watching it for the whole ensemble, for the most part. Um, But I like, uh, what is her name, Marisala? Oh. The president. Oh, Vassarala. She's so good. She's the best. Yeah, Vassarala. Like, she's so great. And and you can see her trying to manipulate people to do stuff. And I'm like, that was really manipulative. And I get it, but that still should have worked. You know? (laughs) So she's. (laughs) Well, uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. And I like that that she's got the Martian Marine that's super loyal to her. And, um,. Her trying to figure out how to basically not really take over the ship, but basically to get them to bend them to her will. Because let's face it, she's used to everyone bending to her will. Uh, and not that she's a bad guy; she's actually a really good guy. I um, love how she tried how she tried to play. Um, oh, why can't I think of the character's name? Stephen Strait, the actor's name, the captain. Basically, I met your mother. She's a charming woman. <laughs> She's very proud of you. It's like, oh yeah, that is so not going to work. Yeah, I know. It was so obvious what she was doing. Usually, she's more subtle. Um, so I like what she's doing. Only thing I have to say, the only character I really dislike is the president. He's so weak. He's so oh, like, he's a he's a worm. Well, my thing is, once I saw him switch sides like three times. I've now got to where I just fast forward his scenes because, like, I don't care about him anymore. It's always um, good to see Elizabeth Mitchell in anything. So I like her, and she, but I, and I, I watch her scenes, but anything that's just the president, like, no, don't care about you, dude. Go away. Hopefully, he will be assassinated, and we'll have the villain that we hate actually in power, and then we can fight him versus him being a mouthpiece. The the problem I one of the problems I have with the villain's motivations is. Why do they think they can manipulate this alien proto-molecule? It's like, really? Really? Oh, Are you right. that stupid? Yeah, it's <laughs> obviously going to blow up in your face, guys. Yeah. 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 Well, right. the really shocking thing was that last shot when they're showing what the kid who has is turning, who is, is turning into oh, and you know, what he did oh, to one of the technicians. Man. Oh, that and, was so gross. Uh, but the really horrible part was, was when um, uh, Mao, the senior... 
um, looks at this and goes, yes, let's do this. this exactly <laughs> oh, my gosh. And yeah. it's like, oh, are you kidding? I mean, for a moment, it's like you think that maybe he's got a conscience after all. And then it's like he sees this and you realize, nah, this really is the guy who sacrificed his own daughter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Um, I'd say it's really good this season. I'm enjoying oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're, all the pieces are moving and you don't quite know where they're moving to. So thumbs up from me. Yep. Uh, and I like the tension in the crew. I think that's really great. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Colony. And this was the season premiere. And Greg, hey. why don't you... Okay, Tom, why don't you talk first? <laughs> what did you, you know, think of the premiere? I don't know if I just have Carlton Coos burnout from Lost... But man, this show has been so slow in doling out answers. This was not a good season premiere. And well, a third job I, was to it was a, it was a little soft reboot because now we're out in the country and ooh, we're outside. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Doing the same stuff we were doing on the inside. A little bit. A little bit. But I did appreciate that they confirmed that the weasel guy was actually a weasel. Like, cause they oh, in the knew, last. We, well, the we last knew season, he was a weasel. <laughs> you suspected that he was a weasel. We well, saw no, they him pretty cut much. The deal. Yeah, yeah, and in the, the, they, it seemed like he had changed sides, and then at the very end, they showed you that he didn't. So, right. yeah. Ugh. So, so much, and I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really kind of tired of that. It's like, I mean, he's, he's turned into almost, you know, their, their Doctor Smith. That's I what I was thinking too. Why? Yeah, because they said they, they were like we're Swiss Family Robinson, and they were like, "What does that make him?" And I was like, "Doctor Smith." And... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm like, boy, it's yeah. I was not I was not impressed at all. I was bored, and it just brings up the kids are not great actors. No, no, not uh, really. But as I I like the Sarah Wayne Calise still works my nerves. Maybe I'm having Lori flashbacks from <laughs> Walking I, Dead. I totally had a Lori flashback when she's like in bed with him and they're sort of making out. And I was like, mm, I, I don't think she does chemistry. Like, I don't know if I believe her with anyone. I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, jo- Josh Holloway still has great hair and a great attitude, but he's not enough. This show cannot rest on his charisma alone. Yeah. Well, then the well, son the son brought up the tension. He's like, "So who's in charge? Your dad?" And I was like, "Why? Why are we doing this? Let's not." Oh, do the this. son's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg, you your comments. Now, the only thing I mean, I thought it was, uh, you know, a decent episode. You know, decent. You know, start off to a new season. Hopefully, they're going to give us more information because uh, they're kind of, sort of telling us, oh, well, our enemy has an enemy, and maybe their enemy can be our friend. Yeah, uh, that, that, that always works so well in these sci-fi shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah, cause any advanced civilization isn't going to just, like, use us for food or anything. But uh, <laughs> Or resources. But, yeah, yeah. But here's the one thing that I'm still puzzled by. If, if in the season finale is when um, the, uh, the weasel guy, we're calling him the weasel guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he turns on the locator in the season finale, but yet they say they've been in the woods for six months, and right. then the 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 and he's only hit the the locator one just, time, right? Yeah, just showed up, and and I was like, well, what? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they just show it up if he hit the locator like six months ago? Well, no, he said he just hit it when the alien ship crashed. He said he just hit the button, but that's not what we saw in the season finale. I know. 
I'm aware. Calm down. It's called a story <laughs> license and doing whatever you want. Uh, okay. So it's uh, called because the script says so. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but overall, are you still in? Or are you out on this? No, story? I'm still in. Okay. I'm still in Split Heavens. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's still you know the factory. And we got to find out all about all that, and yeah. Well, we found out what they do at the factory. They build weapons for their spaceships. All right. Uh, I still don't know. Oh wait, that's the wrong show. I was gonna say we don't know what the colonies are. I was like, wait, that's a different show. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the originals, and they had three episodes since our last podcast, and I watched all three of them, boom, 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 like right behind the other, and they flowed really well. Um, and the only thing I'm gonna say is if this is how they have Elijah go out, I will be burning somebody's house down. That's all. Preferably whoever wrote it. I actually love that episode. I, I love I the, that was one no, of the best episodes they've done. I, I like the episode too. Don't get me wrong. Really like the episode, but they left it so that this could be the last time we ever see Elijah. That he's like, yeah, but I don't. Ties. I'm done. I'm going to marry this random chick that we don't care about. Um, <laughs> and I liked his adventures and stuff. I thought, I mean, give me an hour of Elijah and I'm happy. But the thing that draws the show is his relationship with his brother. And if you throw that all out, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, but I don't think that that's going to be a permanent thing. Hopefully not, because that was episode three and we have 13 episodes. And I can't imagine us, you know, not having Elijah back by a couple episodes from now. Um, Yeah, no, I think they'll find a way to pull him back in. (laughs) Uh the main storyline going on with Hope, oh my god, she's become an annoying teenager. Like, a really legitimately annoying teenager. I mean, I understand you went from the little girl who's supposed to be evil, and that actress couldn't pull off evil, so they're like, okay, let's age her and make it a teenager, and then we'll just have her in school and do whatever, but wow, she was entitled? She Who plans to kidnap their mother and lock her in a coffin Seriously. to get her dad to come home? What?! How does that logic make sense? Oh, you are so grounded, young lady. <laughs> so That's the thing. I mean, she doesn't work as a sympathetic character if she's pulling stuff like that. No, not at so, all. Yeah, it's hard it's hard to actually invest in in her character. I actually liked her when she was a little girl and I agree I agree with you that she could not pull off the villainy part of it. But when they had her just being a little kid, she was actually pretty good. And the problem with her now as a teenager is that I don't care about her anymore. She's, she's kind of reckless and a little bit dim and, and does things that, that should have outrageous consequences and that she somehow, she she basically got her friend killed. Yeah. A hundred percent. She got her friend. Who knows what's happening to her mother right now, you know, and and all of that is because she can't see ahead to the consequences that could, you know, result from what her her actions. To be fair, most teenagers can't, which is why teenagers are annoying. Uh, That is generally how, (laughs) which is why it's a bad idea to have put this when she was just a teen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't like that part of the story, but I do like everything else. I like that all the um, uh, Michaelsons have to stay away from each other. I like that trope. That's kind of interesting. And I'm not sure what they're going to do to fix that. But they need to fix it because we do want our family together, obviously. But um, Without blood from the sky and snakes yeah, <laughs> coming down from everywhere. And frogs yeah. coming everywhere. 
Yeah, so you want that to happen. So it's like, can we just resolve that already and then move on to whatever the next thing is? Um, so, yeah, I'm in. I mean, this is the last season, and I've watched everything else, so I'm totally going to be in till the end. I'm gonna mm-hmm. Oh, me too. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Handmaid's Tale. And I know you're thinking, hey, three episodes of Handmaid's Tale came on. I was late to starting to watch, and I watched my first episode last night, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, that show is so just heavy and just so just, like, mentally anguishing uh, that after I finished the first episode and covered my eyes and screamed and cringed, (laughs) I was like, I can't watch another one. I mean, even though it ended in, like, a really strong position for Alfred, or June, excuse me, um, I liked that image of her standing tall at the end. That was great. But everything that we had gotten through, gone through to get to that point, and the whole time, like when she's running down the halls and she's following the red markers, I was like, dude, you know, when when the guy like leaves and says something, good luck to you, June. I was like, oh, that's a sim, that's a signal for something. He could have been a little more clear, you know, because <laughs> I mean, it was only the two of them in the room. I just really felt that his whole cloak and daggerness of it would have helped her escape a lot more. Like she had to be smart to figure out, oh, follow the red dots. And if there's no red dot, don't go in that direction, even though it looks obvious to get out. Like there was just so many, like somebody should have just said, okay, only follow the red dots. And if there's not a, like someone should have just told her that. Cause there were so many ways that that escape plan could have gone wrong. That's all I'm saying. Um, and the whole time she's running, I kept assuming she was going to get caught or that it wasn't going to be an escape. Like she thought, I thought it was going to be more, we just want to talk to you. Yeah. A test or we just want to talk to you and we need you to go and do this mission or something. And so like, I'm trying really hard not to get my hopes up the whole time she's running down these dark alleys or dark corners. I'm like, it's not going to be an escape. They just want us to think it's an escape. And for us us to get happy, like they're just playing with my feelings right now. And then I didn't believe it until she like got to the other place. And I was like, or when she gets to the new place, it's going to be a bunch of evil guys that know that she can have a baby and they just want to kidnap her for themselves. Like I was thinking of all these dark scenarios that would be like, she's going to be in a worse place than she was before. Well, uh, that's the point, though. I mean, you're supposed to, it's supposed to ratchet up the tension. And that's exactly what it did. I mean, I was feeling the same way. I was watching the whole thing, like, biting my fingernails. Because it does get the tension so high when you know that the stakes are so high. What right. can go wrong? There's, you know, there's just a multitude of things and, that and can go wrong. And the consequences in that universe for anything that she tried to do were going to be enormous. Like, yeah. If she got caught, she was going to be screwed mm-hmm. um, in, in a lot of ways. Because they, they're like, you don't need your arm to have babies. Like, we'll just chop this off. You know, so they, they are not joking in, in yeah. that universe. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was very, that was so nerve wracking that by the time it ended and technically she was in a good spot. I still was like, I can't. I can't watch another episode. <laughs> My nerves are done. My nerves are done. I understand. I, I've I've watched up to the third episode 
um, through the third episode that they've shown. But I, I, I can understand why it's it's really hard to to get through them sometimes because number one, I mean, it's it's incredibly intense, and number two, they're talking about uh, a kind of horror that isn't just you know creatures from outer space or something that's you know like monsters under your bed or this is something that that is so close to real life that it's it just grips you it's it's it just it makes you break out in a sweat watching it it's right. too it's too close to the surface it's too it's too almost it's, real because they show just the baby steps that happened in in their society to get them to where they are mm-hmm. and it's that's the part that's terrifying yeah so so watching it is extremely intense. I know uh, when I do watch it, I make sure that it is nowhere near the last thing I watch before I go to bed. <laughs> I don't want that to be like the thing I'm thinking about before I go to sleep because that will haunt me. Yeah. That will literally haunt my dreams. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's that's something that I don't do. But it it, it is a brilliant show. Oh, I've seen it now through, you know, through episode three and even though I know we don't want to talk about that because you haven't seen it yet, it Please is spoil me. absolutely <laughs> worth the time to watch it. You know, it's it's so far it's just is every bit as brilliant as it was in the first season. All right, so wrapping that up, we're definitely giving it a thumbs up, but it's very much parental discretion advised. Yes. You do not want your kitties watching this show. It's very disturbing. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of Shield. And talk about teams that don't know how to work together. Um, this episode did a really good job of showing basically the division between the different sides. The people who believe that the future is immutable, that they're going to have the same future. Like It's like that's all, they're on like one team and then everybody else is on the other. And they are straight up fight, like literally fighting in this last episode. You have... Uh, Daisy and uh, Yo-Yo in a knockdown dragout fight, which was fun to watch, I guess, but it still made me feel bad because you want the, these guys are supposed to be a family, and and then the same on the same token, um, Fitz and um, Mac have a conversation where you realize that they're not really friends anymore. Yeah. They used to be super tight. They were really tight friends, and and Mac was like, "Yeah, I'm not interested in being your friend anymore." I was like, "Wow." I little tear. Uh, what do you guys think? What about Talbot as Graviton? Well, we'll get to that part in a second. But we were more. I wanted to know about the friendship thing, and then we'll talk about crazy, crazy Talbot. Uh, so let's talk about the friendship first. Uh, Greg, thoughts? Um, well, actually, I that didn't really occur to me as I was watching the episode. I wasn't really focused focused on the relationship destruction that was going on. Um, only that Daisy is absolutely obsessed with saving Col- uh, Coulson to He's the point that daddy. she do anything. Well, I mean, she's like she's going crazy. She's like getting drugs on the black market, digging up people's bones. I mean, it's come her on. mother's bones. She's like <laughs> her mother's like, bones. Yeah, and then uh, running around town with them in a satchel. I mean, come <laughs> on. I just love how she casually mentions that to uh, Deke. Uh, what's his face? Who's who's Fitzsimmons' grandson? Deke. Oh, Dick. Dick, and she. He just like, oh. <laughs> well, he's seen some crazy stuff in his life. Though somebody actually did a meme where uh, Daisy's like, "Oh, it's just my mom's bones," 
and he's like, Agent May's dead? Like, because <laughs> nobody would have told him who's related to who. And I was like, I could totally see him making that wrong assumption. Um, but yeah, and I like the Deke, his, his obsession with Daisy and that conversation they had where he finds out she's still not over her last love. And he's like, she's like, some idiot put a bunch of lemons in my bed. That was funny. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. <laughs> I love he blamed it on, on uh, Fitz, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And now let's talk about Talbot and, and his crazy, crazy self. Talbot went from being a little bit crazy to being just straight up 100%. Just full on board crazy because... When he first gets the Gravitonium and he saves everybody, he keeps repeating, I'm going to be the one to fix this. I'm going to be the one that does it. And, and uh, Coulson's like, can you stop saying that? You sound weird. Um, and then when he makes everybody bow to him, Coulson's looking at him like, what is going on with this dude? Like, he knows that it's going sideways. But what I didn't like was how quickly he decided that everybody that he knew were the enemies, but the random aliens that he just met were his friends. So I get other than they they keep saying you're awesome you're awesome, and so he's now like these people I can trust because they wouldn't lie to me. Okay. Um, well, he's he's spent like what is it two years or something being brainwashed. And, it wasn't two and, years. You know, it, was six mo- it was six months. <clears throat> okay, six months being brainwashed, and they they broke him pretty thoroughly. Oh yeah, they did. I and agree. and then on top of that, he gets he he in you know, fills himself with the gravitonium and that is, is crazy making too, because there are voices inside there. I so yeah, he's all pretty, those he's yeah, he's nuts. Yes. Pretty nuts. And yeah. so essentially when the alien is, you know, I mean, he, uh, figured out exactly how to manipulate him, which was basically telling him what he wanted to hear. Right. As opposed to what his, his friends are telling him, which is, you know, put the brakes on, which is not what he wants to hear. Right. Um, did you? Did everybody catch the little homage to Infinity War? Oh yeah! yeah. Oh so yeah! Thanos was coming. No, Thanos is here. Thanos is here. Yeah, I did catch that. And he's like, "Well, I need to be full power so I can help them." I was like, "Dude, you're too late." <laughs> like I was like, "So overall, this episode I thought was pretty good." Uh, I don't know. Now they have to defeat the aliens and they have to defeat Talbot. And also now Daisy is kidnapped and turned over to Cassius. And I'm like, wait, didn't this already happen? I feel like she should be that having was, like flashbacks or something. That was Cassius Jr. <laughs> I know, but still flashbacks. Cassius the Younger. She should be like, I am so over this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like confused. Like, so who's the destroyer of worlds? Because first it was supposed to be the blonde chick. And then. Well, they've always then, said that it's Daisy. Daisy well, but they, no, they said it was Daisy I'll, from the beginning. They, they well, said, they said, him, so I know, but we don't know what they do to Daisy in the, in when they take her to wherever she's going, they might have gravitonium there. I have no idea. Wait and see is the point. <laughs> that is why we're watching the episode. All right, so wrapping that up, we're say thumbs up. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um. So if you have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.